time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. Welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. I am Run. Hello, Run. I am Bump. <laughs> Good to talk to you, and uh, this is a special edition. You know why? Why? Because we're going back on our word. It's the first edition we've ever gone back on our word. We're is it, actually extending. Is it? it could have been a couple times. We're, we're extending our big M3, M4 giveaway one week. One, one more week. week to get a chance to get in because we want a few more people to have a chance to enter. Yep. And uh, Steam is picking up on this one. Lots of people uh, getting involved. But we want to give away either an M3 or an M4, the choice of whoever the winner is. Yep. And we will tell you at the end of the, sh- of the podcast how you can enter That's and right. get a chance to win this. Absolutely free of charge right but you still have a chance that's the big that's, thing that's right uh and our friends at uh taylor made made this possible and they had a big big week they big. uh unveiled their new uh world well not world canadian, canadian. headquarters yep. and uh it was a who's who of uh, canadian golf uh was in attendance there and yeah. which even you, the mayor, were, you the were there hosting there. you were there hosting the mayor, and somehow yeah, the i got invited was, the mayor of vaughn was there was he yeah, the Maravon Maurizio the city above Toronto. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, they had uh, they had one other special guest. Who was it, Bump? It was none other than 2003 Masters champion Mike Weir, who we yeah, uh, had a chance to have a nice sit down with, uh, as it's the 15th anniversary of his uh, historic Masters victory. And uh, and then you you spent a bunch of time with him. Um, I had to interview him about five things. times. Yeah. <laughs> different different places, but <laughs> it was interesting to go in. And he was in the, this new performance lab, uh, getting some fairway woods fit, and also kind of working on his swing. And I thought I found that just fascinating. Yeah, sit, sitting in that, uh, just listening to him go back and forth, have a couple of hit a couple of drivers, and try and figure out what his body's doing because they got this gear system at uh, these new performance lab, and uh, could really tell you in real time his setup, uh, what his body was doing. You know, trying. You know, he was even the guy was even going over how the guys get more power these days, if that's right. what he was looking for. Um, and again, with the driver for Mike recently, that's been the issue. Um, yep. But it was pretty interesting to watch the interaction and being able to see in real time what he's doing. And uh, you know, he's obviously working on a couple of things. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I just thought it was kind of cool. Um, to to watch that and I think the performance we're starting to see to see his his passion for it first of all right. and his dedication still after all these years and after everything he's gone through but he's got his personal life settled now and now we're starting to see a few more uh, you know results coming in right. that are that are more positive more rounds in the 60s that's right he had a good finish in Australia um, at the end of last year where he's tied for 15th and um, almost made the cut of pebble just missed it by one shot but it was because of a horrible first round but uh you know back-to-back rounds in the 60s and rounds two and three to almost make the cut um and you know after all he's been through with injuries and poor play and inconsistencies you know to see him still wanting and still having that love to work on his game um is is great obviously he's got the champions tour in his uh in the in the mirror looking ahead but uh you know, still trying to get more starts. He'll be uh, he'll be playing the, um, the web.com tour once he turns 48 on May 12th, and that will I think really help him because he'll right. get he'll just get some more um, he'll get some more start regular starts, and he can sort of predict get a, get into a role and get right. into a rhythm of playing and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool, and uh, and I just think that uh, I think there's some positivity positive. 
positivity left for Mike Weir in his career. He is looking at the Champions Tour, like you said, but right. I think where he was three years ago, let's say, to where he is right. now, I think that night and day. You know, and if he can straighten out the driver and, you know, a couple of th- that's that's essentially a couple of things with his setup where he was, you know, a little open and then after the waggle, you know, even if he fixed it, after the waggle he was back open. These were some of the yeah. things that were being t- told to him and, you know, I think for Mike, he just wants to be in the fairway because he has to be in the fairway, um, right. or else it makes it that much harder for him being so far, so much further back. You know, he's probably he's probably hitting it out there what in the two eighty five to two ninety range, and you know that's fifty yards back of some players. Um, but everything else in his game, like look, he's again wedge, all world wedge, all world wedge player, and all world short game. So. Um, you just straighten out that driver, and maybe we can see some better results. Maybe a, a, a made cut at the Masters um, coming up in April. That'd be huge. I think that would be yeah. just huge. Uh, so moving on to what happened last week, which is uh, Justin Thomas wins, and now, I mean, I thought this guy was gonna had a great year last year, but now what he's gonna have next yeah. year, just unbelievable to me. What uh, what what this what this year could be? He feels he could be even better, and, and when you consider what he did last year, that's a big statement. Right. Yeah. You know, eight wins in his last 31 starts. You know, it seems like, you know, all these guys, Dustin Johnson, Rory, Jordan Spieth, they go on these runs, crazy runs. Even Jason Day a couple years ago when he was number one, you know, went on these runs of play. But, uh, you know, after after winning his first major, winning five tournaments, uh, player of the year, you didn't know, you didn't know where Justin Thomas was going to be. Um, he's obviously a top player, but, you know, he's won twice already. Um, and crazy. again, the Honda Classic's a tough one to win. Those are tough conditions. Um, that the bear trap, that three-hole stretch, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, is not easy, as was proven by everyone. Um, yeah, there's only one guy who went through, one guy who made the cut, who went through the entire uh, bear trap all four days without making a bogey. His pars were better, and that was Andrew Novak. And I think crazy. that's just like. Unbelievable! It's just the one guy, right? Yeah, you think Justin Thomas at one over through the bear trap there is impressive, but uh, to not make a bogey on those three holes are very difficult holes. Probably the, could be one of the toughest stretches of golf on the tour. Um, crazy. One of the other things that happens at that bear trap now, it's become a little bit more like the waste management. And uh, Justin Thomas uh, had a guy thrown out. You think he that was a good call, bad call? I mean, was he should he have just let them go? I mean, it's, it sort of brings into talk the the whole part about whether golf fans now are becoming like fans in every other sport where they're rooting against right. other players. Right. Like that's what happened. Some guy yelled, uh, "Get in the bunker!" as he uh, after he hit his tee shot on the sixteenth uh, hole, I think. Yeah, I would. I you know, I, th- I I think it wasn't a, an isolated incident, um, which is probably why he reacted that way. You know, it's it's just it's one of those things that's get ridiculous on tour. Um, but again, you know, should Justin Thomas be the one kicking the guy out? Um, yeah. I know Davis Love's done it. We, the famous no love uh, at the right. match play. But you know, that's where that's where Stevie Williams was kind of the Tiger savior in that way, right? Because he was the heavy the enforcer. guy, the enforcer, yeah. to tell people to shut up so Tiger didn't have to do that. Um, you know. He's probably, you know, he's still 24. Um, he's still young. He's still, you know, I think a little bit more experience. He can tune these things out. But again, um, he probably shouldn't have done it. I don't. I don't think he should have done it. You know, you got to just kind of, you got to kind of just 
learn to ignore these things, but they are getting ridiculous. Like the mashed potatoes after everybody who hits the ball. It's like everybody's trying to get their voice on television. Well, look, not look what not actually get on television. Oh, there's my voice. Yeah. Did you hear that yeah. after Justin Thomas's drive? Look, that was me telling him to get in the bunker. Um, look what happened to uh, to Tiger, right? The guy right. yelled in his putting stroke and caused right. him to miss a putt. Right. That's where I think the line starts to get drawn. Now, Tiger didn't do anything after that. He just kind of glared. Right. But they didn't have the guy thrown out. And, um, you know, I, I, I did a little looking into it, and apparently uh, it's actually up to the police as to whether they're going to kick someone out. So the player can ask for someone to get get tossed and generally speaking i think if that if they do that person does get tossed but it's it's up to the uh it's up to the police apparently to do it and there were a lot quite a few police in that area just because of how much drinking and stuff was going on at the bear trap right and also the fact that um that this wasn't the first time apparently while he was walking to the tee justin thomas the guys were yelling at him getting the i hope you hit it in the water right and stuff like that which it's not necessary but it's no. just it's just so different from what we're used to in golf but mm-hmm. not so much in other sports right 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 and now I wonder if now I wonder if Justin's going to be a target going forward with uh, with more drunken fans, right? Or if you don't want to get kicked out, maybe he's not a target because maybe. that guy will kick you out. But uh, you know, you kind of we've we've kind of seen that reserved to just the team events, right? The Presidents Cup was you know there were some yep. issues at the Presidents Cup. You know, Ryder Cups in the past have been that way, where it's 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 more country pride and national pride that's driving these fans. Um, you know, it's it's in an individual sport when these guys are just. It's not like it's a team. It's not like you're cheering for the Leafs and you're cheering against the Bruins and you're giving it to their players. These are individual guys. There's no real rooting interest here unless he's one of your favorite players. But it's sort of bleeding into some of the other tournaments, which, you know, again, you know, needs to be addressed. I think. Like I just think I. It just makes me laugh. The people that you know yelling. Yelling after a drive or mad, get get in the hole, all that it's it's like become part of golf lore, and it's, it's just getting it, stupid. It's interesting how a lot of tournaments are trying to develop a place that's like the 16th hole right. at Augusta. So Bear Trap has it there. Even RBC Canadian Open last year had the rink. Now they were mm-hmm. fairly well behaved at that spot. They were just banging on the boards. But there seems to be this this desire by the organizers, and probably with good reason, to attract people to come. Right, they're trying to get people that normally wouldn't watch golf to come out and watch golf. Right, and maybe maybe just need to limit the liquor sales late in the day right. or something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's move on to another topic. We wanted to look at uh, Brooke Henderson and uh, she had a, another top 10 performance last week, uh, but she is still mired in 14th place on the Rolex rankings, yeah, which just seems crazy. preposterous. But I, I want you, I know, run or Bump, that you have done some deep research into this, so please, right. so if you I, will, explain I, why this happens. I was kind of looking at it because, you know, you know, I always go to the rankings every year, the World, the world Golf Rankings and the Rolex Rolex rankings just to see what's going on. And Brooke just kind of seems to be just sitting there at 14th, doesn't matter what she does. Well, she's almost—it's a product of her. She's almost her own. It's her own fault. Um, you know the way they got the two-year rolling scales. You divide by the number of tournaments you played by the number of points you earned. Um, and she has her divisor is 62. 62 tournaments in two years, <laughs> and that's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's clearly the most. Out of the top players, um, most players like you look at Lexi Thompson. She's played forty-three times. I know she had some injury, but uh, if you even go you go further than that, Shan Shan Fung, who plays, he seems every week is fifty. So Young Yu, who was a former one, number one last year, forty-eight. Anna Norquist, forty-six. Ik Kim, thirty-eight. You know, with less points than Brooke, but thirty-eight divisor. Even you know, uh, 
Hee Jin Choi, who's one of the rookies, you know, she's only has 29 events, but the minimum divisor is 35 on the LPGA Tour. So that brought her down. But Lydia Cole, 51. The only one that's close is Ari Jutanagarn, who's 57. Um, so, you know, if Brooke played a, a little bit less, which is hilarious to say that she's got to play less to move up in the rankings, but it's that 62 divisor because, you know, she's not getting top points all the time. No. Um, and, and you know, on that two-year scale now that she's been on tour, for this is her third year officially, you know, she's losing all those top tens that she had at the beginning of the year two years ago uh, when she had about nine in a row, uh, when she so had I- a really hot start. Um, so she's got to keep getting these points, but she's also getting killed because she's playing so much. If she, if it was just based on the points, you know, she would be fifth or sixth or seventh somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, she's got. But she, this, she's the, the whole a lot system is just not a, does not help a person who plays as much as Brooke does, and she's only, as we know, she's only taken off like three or four tournaments in two years, right? Which is a little bit uh, yeah. Her to- uh, that's her, what she likes to do. But. Her total points are in the top ten, easily. Yeah. Um, it's, but you know, even not, if if she played those five less tournaments, she would her average would be up and into the top ten. But it's a, uh, it's pretty crazy. Her you always you always see the change on the if you go to the Rolex rankings website, um, it's always a dash sticking yeah. right at fourteen. And she, <laughs> again, she's crazy. had two top tens in the last three weeks, um, with the mixed cut mixed in. So uh, of, course, of course, she's she's losing all those ones from two right, years ago where she right. had that big string. I think she started with eight or nine top tens. Right. When you lose, those come off, and obviously you have to replace them with better finishes or equal finishes equal, to keep your yeah, points exactly. up. Uh, but you're right; she's she's well back there at this point. Um, and again, I don't know if you know she's said that it matters, right, to you um, in sure. interviews that she wants to be in the top ten, and that's one of her goals. But, but again, you know, it's. It's not easy when all the top players always play well. Normally, right? On the LPJ Tour, you, the cream usually rises to the top, um, as the saying goes. On the LPJ Tour, probably more than the PJ Tour. But, uh, you know, again, you know, she plays, she plays a heck of a lot. And that's pretty much the main reason that's killing her in, the, in her world golf ranking or, or yeah. Rolex ranking. There was a good, cool story last week about uh, the winner, uh, Jessica Corda, who uh, came back after double uh, jaw surgery. Right. And this is so. This so the story is that she had a huge overbite, and when she would eat her food, only twenty percent of her f- teeth would actually mash together to chew up her food. She had lots of headaches, uh, lots mm-hmm. of different problems with that. So she decided to undergo this pretty, uh, pretty severe surgery, and um, she was out for an extended period of time. Right. And but she comes back and she's still kind of feeling the uh, um, the effects of the surgery, but she wins and yeah. going away. Yeah, going really going away. She had uh, she was twenty five under and had twenty seven screws in her uh, jaw, so That's almost that almost as much under par as she had uh, screws placed in her jaw. Which uh, you know, and again, you know, as I was following the tournament on Twitter and whatever, you know, I she it even like I didn't even recognize her either. You know, she looks more and more like her sister Nelly, her younger sister Nelly. Um, I actually thought that Nelly Corda shot the 62 on uh, yeah. on the second round because <laughs> I just saw the picture and I saw the number and I was like, oh, Nelly Corda shot a 62. But then I looked back and it was Jessica Corda. And I'm like, holy uh, cow. She really, it's it really is amazing. You know, and I think I read she had to learn how to smile again. Yeah, that's right. To, like it's, uh, 
She had a tingling in her face all week, right? right. That's yeah, what she was she saying. Yeah, she still had the, a tingling uh, in her face, but still goes out and laps the field. And, uh, yeah, it was well, a pretty, pretty remarkable win for someone who's only been back about six weeks. And we got one more topic to discuss before we give you the details on the uh, on the on the big uh, M3 M4 giveaway, and that's that Tiger Woods has just committed to playing in the Valspar Championship and the Arnold Palmer in the next two weeks. You know, wow, get, wow, that the Valspar surprised you. I know Bay Hill's not, you know, Bay Hill's not um, a surprise, not right? A surprise. He's won right. there a ton. Um, he likes the course. Again, it's in Orlando, so it's near near to home. Um, Valspar's Valspar. That's a that's a wild, but good for him. I, I you know I think on this comeback week, see, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but he seems more prepared to go through the the process. He's not rushing anything, but he's also recognizing what he needs, and he needs more tournament rounds. Yes, yes, he does. I think I think that's exactly right. He just needs to play. Uh, play more under the gun inside the ropes where you have to count everything and the right. only way there's only one way to do that yeah. so I think this is a huge very positive move to get out there play uh, two two weeks in a row heading into the masters that'll right. give him five starts before augusta which I think is uh, is Perfect. is probably about what everybody else does right at least yep. five or six yep. and and I think uh, I think from what we've seen it's been sort of like two steps forward half a step back so I think this is good for him I think if he can get the Play like he did uh, uh, last week. Uh, right. I think I think things are really positive. You know, who's who's to say he can't win at Arnold Palmer, where he's dominated the golf course exactly. over the years. Yeah. So and, and even so looking ahead good. to the Masters, you know, like you know they <laughs> the Vegas Vegas dumped him back after his miscut at at Riviera, but then he has a good pretty good finish at Honda. And now he's back to what eighteen nineteen to one or whatever it is. To win yep. the Masters, and and again, like improve his iron play was so much more improved than it had been. So there's already positive steps there. His putting has always been was always pretty good during this process. Uh, the short game's pretty good. So it's just you know dialing in a new driver and making sure he can get into the fairway a little bit more. Um, but I, there's positive. The, the steps are there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he's getting he's 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 moving in the right direction. Uh, during one of the question and answers I had with uh, with Mike Weir, I said, "Can he win at Augusta?" And he said, "Sure, he can." So I think even the pros know right. that his game is is this time appears to be uh, back and and solid, and he's finally pain free, which is the biggest that's, thing that's I think in this whole thing. take. Yeah, we're three tournaments into this, and he's pain pretty much pain free, um, and with the ball speed that he's creating. Um, and the club head speed that he's generating, you yeah, know, it's, it's it rivals it rivals the top guys. And it's better right now. It's, it's better. better right? He's right. got one twenty eight, which is ball uh, club head speed, which is two miles an hour faster than what Dustin Johnson's best has been recorded as this year. Right. So <laughs> that's pretty interesting. So so you know, just get those in the fairway instead of forty yards out of the way. Um, you know, and again at Augusta, you could get yourself into trouble at times with some some poor driving but it's not ridiculous to think that you know tiger going tiger's gone into augusta with zero competitive rounds and finished right. in the top five so right. it's right. you know he'll have he'll have how many what uh this will be five tournaments so about 20 rounds ish 18 rounds yep um it's probably one That's of the great. highest amount of rounds he's played going into augusta in a long time um so well, I think you know again that we're, we're we've always said both of us on this podcast. Let's see where he's at come the first week of April. 
That's right. Which and is which is closing in on us, by right, the way. Right, it is. It's only be long, thirty days away till the week of the Masters. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's wrap things up here with a little uh, let's with a little contest contest final contest call. So here's how you can win yourself an M3 or an M4 driver. Uh, you have to tell us why you deserve a new driver com- com- compared to what you're playing with now. Isn't that right, Mister Bump? <laughs> yes, it is, and you send that to us at TSN Golf. At Bob Weeks TSN hashtag at bump and run. You can set you can attach a picture of your decrepit old persimmon. There's been some pretty pretty crazy ones we've There's seen. There's been so some far. bad ones, yeah. Um, <laughs> or you can just send us a note why you think you deserve it, and we'll pick one. And Nick Obrich at uh, TaylorMade, he's a good buddy of ours. He is a great guy, and he's gonna make sure we everybody gets fitted um, for this new M3 or M4 driver. I see Nick at the at the grocery store. We shop at the same grocery store. He goes there Sundays with his family, and uh, I put I try to hide and put silly things in his in his grocery basket. What's you know? his What's his go to vegetable? I don't know. I I put a, a jar of candy yams in there, <laughs> and I put a whole bunch. Of, his daughter saw me, and I put a whole bunch of candy in there, so that was good. She liked that. She probably liked that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, uh, that's it for this time. We will see, talk to you next week when we give away this driver. And we promise uh, we're doing it this time. <laughs> that's right. Until next time, I'm Run. And I'm Bob. Talk to you again.